Essence is proud to honor the Black mothers on the front lines of this global pandemic, the ones fighting for the most disproportionately affected communities, the doctors and nurses standing between us and tragedy, the essential workers keeping us fed, the policymakers fighting to keep their cities safe, and the reporters bringing us life-saving news. Their work must not be overlooked as they care for our families and their own. Essence Podcast Network is proud to celebrate these incredible women with a Yes Girl Podcast limited series event, highlighting their lives and daily contributions to society. Yes Girl Podcast is part of the Essence Podcast Network. You can hear and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you listen to audio. This week's guests on Yes Girl, Tika Sumpner and Ty Randolph, the creators of Sugarberry, a lifestyle brand and digital platform devoted to helping Black and Brown mothers live the sweet life. Corey, Charlie, Pin. Girl, how are you, my love? What's going on? You know, um, as you know, I'm back from Florida. You're back. I'm back. I'm back in Brooklyn. And um, while in Florida, full disclosure, I was more active physically. I would walk in the neighborhood down there. It was much easier to to social distance, uh, run, walk. It was more, just be real, it's more beautiful. You know, I, I love a lush landscape. Um, and back in Brooklyn, I just not have been able to do that or find my groove in doing it. So I've been trying to past couple of days, really motivate myself to get in the streets literally, um, and go move. Um, and you're getting out there. I did it one day. Um, but this, you know, the past couple of mornings, cause I try to do it in the morning with my routine and the past couple of mornings I've just been sleeping and it's not that I'm even tired, but I just realized I re I need to find a new motivation, um, to do it. So that's what I've been dealing with. I mean, it's on the scale of life. It's a small thing, but, um, but I want to, cause I want to keep it up. I want to keep the momentum up. So I told myself that I wasn't going to go past the week, uh, without figuring it out. Girl, I have to, so that's what I'm dealing out. with. I have to will myself to make my bed. You were already winning. What are you talking about? Like you, I have to be like, Charlie, make the bed. Okay. You've got this. It's a whole conversation with myself. And then I'm like, put the dish in the dishwasher. Like do what you need to do. Like if you're out here walking and moving and doing activities, I mean, you're winning because some of us are struggling in these streets. Well, I have found, it's almost like you have to deal with quarantine. Like you deal with a baby and that the idea of you need a routine. Ah. Yeah. You know, so you do, I realize that, uh, I've learned that, that I need to have a routine and do that. So one of the routines is I get up in the morning and, and make the bed. Um, now when, you know, we were back in the streets and, you know, back and outside, I never would do it. I was horrible <laughs> at that. Uh, but now doing it, I said, well, I got to at least have one room that's, that's clean and made up. Um, because I am not the person on the means that are saying I'm tired of cleaning my kitchen because I will let that kitchen slip in a second. I am tired of cleaning my kitchen, but I'm letting myself off the hook. I think right now with the bed and 
I mean, some days I make it, but there are like little things I'm letting myself off the hook with. And right now, I know this sounds terrible, but it's probably being like overly on top of, you know, being active and getting out. I'm just happy to be smiling and not stressing. What are you letting yourself off the hook for like right now? I'm going to let myself off the hook of not having my house together because you know now that I'm back in my house house you know I'm realizing like I don't have a little nook a cute little nook like you have to do my zoom calls or um you know these chairs at my dining room table or trash um so I'm kind of letting myself off the hook of redoing my whole house in one paycheck (laughs) or trying to because I'm like I still have bills uh so that's what I'm letting my help myself off the hook with Corey, good. We all have to give ourselves the grace, you guys. Let's let this be our PSA. It's okay to give yourself the grace and let a few things off the hook right now. You got this? And today's guests, Tika Sumter and Ty Randolph, who are two good friends who created an amazing endeavor together. So Tika and Ty created a brand, Sugarberry, for modern Black moms, Corey. And I mean, you know, I'm not a mom yet, but I know that they created it because the demand was there. And they created it. I mean, I believe they launched like the second week that we all were required to stay at home. And the fact that they kept going, it's almost like it launched at the perfect time. Because when we spoke to them, they were also reshifting. But that's the beauty of motherhood. And that's the beauty of motherhood. You have to make things work with what you have. And you didn't, they didn't see anything out there for moms like them. So they created it, which is dope. And we're going to get the story. Yes, we are. So up next, Tika and Ty. You know, I love it when we get to talk to good, good girlfriends doing amazing things. We've been excited to talk to today's guest. We found a way to talk from home, you guys. Yes, we did. Yes. And as you can see, we yes. are here with Tika Sumter and Ty Randolph, who have just launched Sugarberry. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome, ladies. I'm so excited. I love talking to you. I'm excited to talk to you guys, too. Yay. Yay. It's a love fest on Yes Girl, and you guys are the perfect guests. Sharing the podcast love. Tell us what Sugarberry is, a podcast for Black moms, right? Or, or just yeah. moms of color? Well, yes. Uh, the Sugar is a, the, it's called The Sugar. It's a podcast um, on Stitcher. And yeah, it's a podcast where we talk about all things motherhood and beyond, whether it's freezing our eggs, whether it's, you know, IVF or, um, we're just caring for ourselves, mental health, all that stuff. So it's just a space where we can be ourselves. We can breathe. We can, um, we can complain as well (laughs) and just kind of come together and say, Oh my God, you're going through the same thing. Uh, Okay. I'm not crazy. And, and so, and so it's an offshoot of our site called Sugarberry as well. Got it. Got it. Yeah. What a great time to launch this. Like now your stay at home moms, your teachers at home, you're doing all the things. You're you're recording now from home. Yes, the world turned upside down. Literally in the drop of in the in the drop of a hat. So we had record. We were recording out of H Club in LA, and so we had this really oh, we know cute. H-Club. We know oh, yeah. H-Club. Yes, we were like their first podcast client. They have the cutest little space there, and so we had a whole setup. We were drinking tea beforehand. We'd beat our guests. It was so adorable. And th- the last time we recorded there, I actually started feeling a little icky. I started feeling sick. This was like a Saturday. 
And by the next week, we had the stay-at-home order. And so when we finally recorded the episode, the episode two, um, we were both at home. I was recovering from, I don't know what it was. I couldn't get tested, but it was some bad upper respiratory thing. I didn't have a fever, so I didn't think it was COVID. Um, but literally, we're figuring out how to use Zoom, <laughs> how to record in. We just announced um, the launch of the company the same day that we got the stay-at-home order. And we had to decide strategically if it was the right thing to do to move forward. And we figured Figured things are seeming a little dark right now. We could all use a little bit of light. And so, you know, we, we focused on trying to, to focus on whatever sweet spots we could find right now. Exactly. I love that. And I know that Tika, you were saying in an interview on Essence.com when you and Ty talked to us about the launch, that when you were having your baby, you were searching for content for Black moms and couldn't find what you were looking for, which is how this idea came about. So kind of tell, take us from the beginning to now because I love yeah that. yeah yeah um so I was pregnant with my daughter Ella who's three now and you know I was you know reading books and you know what to expect when expecting and I couldn't get through it and I was like oh my god you know and there's like a white lady on the cover which is all shout yeah. out to the white ladies but I was like <laughs> I was just like looking in all these parenting magazines and all these spaces and I just felt like why isn't there like a plethora of places for black women in general and with every variation of a story, right? I think sometimes the narrative of black moms is just one way and it's always down and out. While I do come from a single parent household, that is one set of stories, but I know a whole generation of women who are married or who have a partner of whatever kind and, and are doing the thing of motherhood are, you know, and so I just felt like I didn't see us and I didn't understand why. And uh, so then I talked to a friend. I was like, do you know anybody in this space who knows tech or knows like, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm, I want fully. I just know I want a space where moms can breathe and talk about everything. And we can see ourselves in a different light. Pictures wise, I want an energy. I, I just knew who I was. And I'm like, yeah. I know I'm not the only one. And so I went to um, Soho House to meet Ty. And of course we grab it. She's like, I'm going to order some champagne. Do you want some? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, instant friend, instant friend, instant friend. And I tell her, you guys are giving me besties for life, (laughs) for life, literally. I don't FaceTime anybody. All I do is FaceTime Todd. She's like, you keep FaceTiming me. I'm like, I know. Like, is it an accident? Why do we need to see each other? Right. (laughs) She'll go to the bathroom and I'm like, I'll hang up. She's like, no, you could stay on. No, I'm like, stay on. (laughs) Oh, you're that friend. (laughs) She's that friend. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm not. <laughs> I'm <tie> right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on the toilet. It's fine. Keep talking. Keep going. It's like, mute you. I'll mute you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Tika. You were saying um, though. Sorry. Yeah. So we're so we're at Soho House. We're at Soho House having a glass of uh, champagne, and I'm telling her the idea where I wanted community um, meets commerce, where we can get you know ideas of like people can tell uh, I, I just sometimes feel like brands don't always talk to us the way that we need to be spoken mm-hmm. to and yes we're seven percent of the country but we over index in everything buying yeah. power and and just starting businesses and all these different things and so she was like listen I'm interested in this part like if we can expand the part where the community meets commerce where it's actually kind of like a tech sort of driven business then I'm interested in that and so um and then Ty you can expand from there no, totally. So, um, so we have very opposite personalities. 
if you can't tell. Um, and I like to think of myself as pretty pragmatic, like a pretty straight shooter. And so when I went there, the way that it was teed up, like our mutual friend said, a friend of mine is looking to either start a blog or invest in one and wants to talk to you. So I've been totally prepared to be like, this is the wrong thing to do. Save your money and your time. <laughs> like, <laughs> this ain't it, right? Um, because, I mean, you guys are in publishing. It's a, it's a difficult job. It's a tough industry. Um, I mean, Essence has developed a really diversified revenue model and are sort of very bleeding edge, but it's very hard to scale. So, you know, I just wanted to be really open to her from a resource perspective. And I'd spent the last, I guess, three years now um, working with Kevin Hart to launch um, his Laugh Out Loud network. Mm -hmm. So knew firsthand a lot of the the hurdles that would, would be before us and wanted to understand too, if there was a real market need. So when we sat down, two things attracted me. One was oh, wow, as I would be your first customer for this, right? Like I am also a relatively new mom who, you know, you would consider upwardly mobile, who there were tons of resources, the just none that were directed towards me. So I could mine other people's spaces for product recommendations or advice on navigating parenthood, but no, never did I see myself reflected with nuance, right? Yeah. So, so that was the one piece. And then just on a personal level, um, she and I both had kids in our later 30s, right, for the first time or mid to late 30s. We were still very career driven. And so I felt like there was sort of two sides of the spectrum. You either see, um, you know, this, hey, I have to be this, you know, strong black woman down and out, downtrodden, carrying the world on my back with a child as well. Or you see this really like perfected sense of I do all my own home <laughs> improvement projects and every meal I, I make is perfect. And I found myself someplace in the middle of trying to figure this out. And she she was brutally honest. So I remember saying, because we both have very supportive partners who are really hands-on dads. And she was like, you know, my partner does so much. I'm sometimes afraid to be around my kid alone because I can't live up. I'm like, me too. I'm afraid of my kid when I'm by myself. <laughs> what are you going to do, Ella? What are you going to say? Oh my God, can I handle you? And I, as a black mom, I felt really weird saying that. Like, at that time, she was like, and her terrible twos. And then she's like, I'm like, I'm afraid to be around. Her. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? Am I going to be able to handle this? You know, and then I said, I'm scared of my kid. She goes, me too. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. So the confessions of like being able to be brutally honest without girl, what? Just right. tell your, and, and like, am I, and I'm not hitting my kid. You know what I mean? My mom's like, you don't even like spank him. I'm like, no, I know. No, we're changing. We're changing that through line during the, my generation, <laughs> you know? So, I love it. Uh, so yeah, it was just a meeting of the minds. And also I feel like a really great, uh, a market. We, yeah. we I feel like black women are a definite market and as essence, essence knows. Um, and so we, we knew that. And so that's what we wanted to tap into. Yeah. It's funny, I, my daughter's 10 years old, and I remember when Jimmy Iovine's first wife had, like, the girlfriends got to pregnancy. Hers was a little bit funner, but again, still a very rich white woman's perspective. I tried reading Mocha Moms. It's mm, interesting, yep. Charlie, uh, Michelle Ebanks was one of the profiles in there. And not to oh, get wow. very serious for a moment, one of the things that she advocated for herself, um, being, you know, upwardly mobile woman, was that she went to the hospital, and they were trying to she was saying she was in pain and she tried to walk away and say, they tried to push her away and say, oh, you're not ready. You know, you, have, you, you can go home and wait it out. And she said, why don't you guys check my amniotic fluid? 
And when they did, they realized she had to go into immediate surgery. Oh my God. Fast forward to when I went to the hospital because I was two weeks late and they were telling me the same thing. Like, you're fine. Just, you're not dilated yet. Just go home. And I remembered that story. And I said, can you check my amniotic fluid? They looked at it. There was all this whispering and they were like, okay, we're going to induce you. Um, And my daughter was born like within 18 hours. But if I hadn't read that story to your point, because all the other stories didn't really relate to me. Um, So I want to thank you for doing this form. um, Because even 10 years ago, I think women, the fact that it's still not around speaks a lot, but I'm glad that it's here now. Um, what kind of other, are you going to have other guests on your show? Like, how is your show going to be formatted? Yeah. Um, yes, we're going to have other guests. We're super excited. Um, so it's like this, it's, you know, two of us talking, we bring a guest on, uh, we like, we don't like to just like ramble. We like people to, I know when I listen to podcasts, I want a takeaway of stuff. So we have a specific topic that that guest is either an expert on or feels expertly experienced in. And so we'll have like, um, like a Latoya Luckett's coming on and a Tia Maori and just all these kind of young and all different types of moms. We had um, Dr. Imani from uh, Married to Medicine. So it's not only is it, we also had Debbie Brown recently, who's on our most recent um, conversation episode. And literally my mom called me this morning. I was, I called her actually. And she goes, oh my God, I'm listening to you guys. Girl, when she said, she said, she, she, she said some quote that she said, this is good. So my mom- <laughs> Yes, my mom. mom. And my mom is super duper honest. So if she's in her late sixties and she's like, oh yes, you know, you know what I mean? So, um, so it's just a, a variation of people. It's not all celebrities. It's, it's, it's where celebrities and, and also just experts meet of the minds. It's, it's, right. you know, I just, we want to just give a voice to every type of mom possible yeah. so that yeah. somebody can at least say, oh, like you did, Corey, you took away something from what you read, right? So I just want, and I also just want us to feel cared for and able to say the things that we're scared to say or able to say, you know, my kid is a terrorist at this moment. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, So I think these things are really important. I think these are things we don't, we actually don't get to say out loud because people look at us crazy, like you're a bad mom. This recent episode when you were like, um, you guys both confessed during quarantine, you were like, I'm letting my kid have screen times. You, you, and you paused and you said, it is what it is. Because <laughs> honestly, screen time is the only time like you're going to have to yourself because right. now you, you're together. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you can watch TikTok for the next 45 minutes. Go for it. <laughs> have it. I, I, t- I text Tika, what was that, like uh, three or four nights ago and, um, and my, my son's too. And so he's, since the, the quarantine, his schedule's completely off because he's Damn. accustomed to like, he goes to like a preschool prep, like then his nanny takes him to the park. He exhausts himself because he's super active. He takes a nap. He's doing none of that now. Everything's upside down. So he wanted to go to bed and he asked for his tablet and I was so exhausted. I was like, here, so I text Tika. I'm, I'm a horrible mom. It's nine <laughs> o'clock. He's two. He's in his newly converted crib watching and he will do it till he fell. He, he watched it for an hour. <laughs> Paw Patrol for an hour did not kill him. <laughs> and no. I got to fall asleep too. He'll be fine. He'll be totally fine. fine. I grew up watching TV, literally. <laughs> I was like, I don't even remember my mom reading a book to me. Shout out to my mom who was working hard, <laughs> but I don't remember. <laughs> my mother never checked my homework. Ever. Ever. Unless she cooked me dinner. Right. <laughs> 
until you could do it yourself. And then it was. <laughs> Girl, are you going to fix food? Are you gonna, you gonna fix was our babysitter. Like that yeah. was, that's what happened. That was, it is. I remember that. Yeah. That's why you know? I feel like I know TV so well. Like I feel like I'm an expert <laughs> in TV. Yeah. That's how we know all the shows, all the words, everything. But I, I want to say, I want to thank you both because, you know, in the in times we've talked to you about what you're doing, it's for not just moms, but women who want to be a mom, who are ready to be a mom, trying to be a mom. And you talked a lot about that inclusivity. And I thank you because just like you were saying, like Tika, I follow you, Ty, Latoya, these are the women who I follow every day and I smile and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be a mom. Like, you know, you get to see that and hear those stories. And just like it's important to moms, it's important to women like me as well who oh my haven't gosh. gotten there yet. Oh my gosh. I, and I feel like that is very important. I say our site is for moms, moms to be the undecided and hold on. I want to freeze my eggs because my career right now is way more important. <laughs> right. You know right. what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just feel like we, even the, the sense of feeling like, oh, do I want it? Let me, let me check it out. Let me see what this is like. Yeah. And then, then make a decision. Fine. But I want you to have that option to have all the information possible and all the, the great and all the not so great and all the in-between. And so, you know, one of our partners actually, who, um, Blair, she does not have kids, you know, she's an auntie. So I say it's for the aunties who want to help. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we want to include every single person under that umbrella. Well, and that part was important for me because I struggled with fertility issues prior to conceiving. And when my son came, I had already resigned my fat, resigned myself to the fact that either I wasn't going to be a mom or it wasn't going to happen the way that I thought it was going to happen, right? Like we tried multiple approaches. So I want to make sure that this doesn't feel like you have to have some, you know, pass to some exclusive club because there are all sorts of paths to motherhood. And at the time I was in a place where I was like, okay, it's probably not going to happen for me. I don't want to pursue these other paths. And I have to figure out what my life looks like for just me and my partner for just me. And so I want women in that same state to feel comfortable communing as well. I don't want it to feel like, okay, you have to be a mom or you have to be on this path because I think it's about a life stage where we're all figuring it out, right? Like we're all women where, um, you know, being with a partner and figuring out your career and the children, the conversation around children is colliding. And we just want to unpack that and make it like a safe, sweet space to have those discussions. I got to ask, cause like you said, you guys are both powerhouses right now. you both mentioned that you're happily married, hands on dads, your moms, and then you're full body women. Right? So how are you finding the time to do this? I mean, well, let, all right, let's take quarantine out of <laughs> She's saying, no. where are your capes? Yes. <laughs> they're they're on the floor under the bed because uh, I wish I had a double me. And yeah, here's the thing. I just feel like they're really, you know, first, I'm, I, I'm not married yet. I have a fiance. Oh. <laughs> it's, taken us, it's taken us about five years so far. Of course. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like to me, the word balance, I feel like there's always just imbalance and, and oh. it's never for me going to be balanced because, and I, and you know, sometimes I have a hard time because I very much so love working. Like that's what I love doing. And, you know, am I missing some things with my daughter? There's something always you're going to give up, right? You're always going to give up something. And so sometimes you're going to, you know, when my daughter says, you came back. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> That's probably, (laughs) 
oh, mommy. And now she does it on purpose because she knows I go, I'm always here. And she's like, yes. oh, you came back. And I'm like, girl, sit down. But uh, you have a roof over your head. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so I don't think there is going to be a balance all the time. Uh, what do you think, Ty? How do you, how do you handle that? Yeah, I think the same thing. And, you know, we really have to let each other off the hook because there's always an opportunity cost, right? Like we started doing this amazing podcast, but Saturdays are some of the few days I get uninterrupted and we record on Saturdays. So I sacrifice the entire morning and your partner sacrifice because it's okay. Now you're supporting the schedule. And during the week, you know, Tika's on set and I'm in a different office. And so I put him down at 830 and then from nine until 11, we're back on the phone. So um, something's always missing. Like <laughs> not everyone's getting service. I'm just going to be honest. Right. But you have to think like, you know, your intentions are pure. And I'm hoping that, you know, for our kids, we're modeling behavior that said, because so much of what we do is for them. Um, but then you're also doing stuff for you. Like, I feel like if I'm an unhappy person, like I'm not going to have, you can't give away what you don't have. So if, if I'm unhappy, if I'm unfulfilled, even if I'm home 24 seven, it's not going to be the best scenario for him. Yeah. yeah. And you are modeling it. I remember my daughter saying, cause my mom, my daughter's like, I'm going, uh, you're going to uh, work mama. And I go, yeah. She goes, I'm going to, I want to go to work too. And I was like, school is work for you. And I was like, but I'm a businesswoman. She goes, I'm going to be a businesswoman too. And I'm like, so these things she's picking up, you know what yeah. I mean? Even if I, what I don't want to do, I think for women in general, we're so hard on ourselves about everything. And even me, I'm trying to take that load off because I, I'm only one person. I don't have a sister wife, you know what I mean? And it's <laughs> um, sometimes I wish I did. Literally, Nick and I got in a fight about that the other day. But anyway, <laughs> just because- You're like, I can share you and it's going to be fine. Yeah, like I'm okay with that. I'm That's okay. cool. Yeah. Um, so- it's just like you are not five women. There's only one woman inside right. of you and you can only do so much. Yeah. It's funny I, when you guys talk about um, what your daughters are doing now because my daughter loves to tell me if I need to go do something, she goes, well, do you want to do it or you need to do it? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and I'm like, bitch. Thank you. Look, but you're, you're like, but do I? But do I? I know. And then I question things before I go to her now. I'm like, okay, with your answer. Firm and with your color. Are you going to run down to Miami real quick? Right, right, Mom, right. She, right. she sees picture with all your friends. Like, yeah, you're you exhausted. are not accustomed to having someone need something from you at every moment of the day. No matter how bad you want and, it. And I had a friend tell me who has like, um, a like a, I think she's 10. No, they're seven and like six or something like that. And she said, this is my sweet spot. The baby mm -hmm. stuff somebody else can have, yeah. but this is where I, I thrive. And you might not thrive, like you might thrive in the baby spot, not in the six and seven, eight. Like right. for me, I feel like when Ella's like, I'm thriving now because she's talking, but like, I feel like when she's six and seven, I'm like, yo, you want to go on a trip with me? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's going to be our relationship. You know what I mean? So you might just, you know, certain points in, in time might just not be your thing. 
but you get through it. Um, obviously I would scorch the earth for my daughter and I love her and everything, but there is definitely exhaustion happening, but you also have to take time out for yourself. There's just so many variations in it. Yes. You know what I mean? It's yes. not just one thing. And even I was talking to somebody about like my mom this morning, I'm like, but even a stay at home mom is not used to staying at home the whole time. In this context. Like go outside right. For, right. Yeah. You know, yeah, they yeah, go outside, they go to wherever, the mall, wherever they go, they're doing, they're, they're, they have a plan. There's something outside of just being at home. <laughs> that people uh, say now, what did it, um, right now, to, my, my, my travel is to the window. And to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you guys, I feel like you're starting a movement with this because like you said, it's crazy to think that in 2020, we didn't have this. But we really didn't. And um, we've had different blogs and things, but an overall resource and podcast for mm-hmm. young modern Black moms and moms-to-be, you know what I mean? There we go. It's really magical. So I want to know what would you say your number one message is to like the modern mom? What do you want her to know about what you're doing and just what do you want her to know? Yeah, I think that, um, so we, I, we, I got some advice when I was telling, um, the, actually it's, uh, the woman who runs the accounting firm we work with and I was telling her about the company and she said, oh, I'm so excited about it. And she's a grandma. And so she said, because there are a whole spectrum of right answers. And so I think that what we want to showcase is the entire spectrum of right answers. And we say, um, you know, motherhood should not be endured. It should be enjoyed. And, you know, black moms don't just need to be acknowledged. They need to be celebrated. And that's what we want to happen here. So if you're here for like a love fest and a party, like we try not to do anything salacious. Even on our podcast, we say we share the sugar. We don't spill the tea. So we're not looking for all your juicy gossip. We just want to love on women, you know? Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. I do. Oh. I do. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And I think even with Debbie Brown, I just felt she's on like a meditational healer she's into like we even brought she like does crystals and we were like okay but we can have jesus though right (laughs) you were like we you know we were like crystals what is that and she's like no it's not like hokey pokey like really you know these these energy healing and they come from the earth literally and they've been used for years in queens you know we're obsessed with the monarchy and like they've held them in their cups on the bottom for energy Mm -hmm. and when they were drinking wine and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and so just explaining what that is and her being in this space that is very white, you know, yes. and her coming in, but literally what she talks about how, I think you said, Ty, like black women have had to hold up the earth. Yeah. Literally. We, yeah. uh, but our, our role in life is not to carry everybody. Right. Yes. And that's not yes. what we're put on earth for. And I think Debbie just confirmed in the way she spoke through us and to us. She spoke life. Literally, we were both in tears and we I know. We didn't understand what was happening. I'm like, what is this wet stuff? <laughs> 10 minutes in, I'm like, oh my God, Tika, keep talking. <laughs> Aww, but, but like literally speaking life into each other and concrete things that we could take away from yes. it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, things like that, I think are super important in the spectrum. Well, I've got to say, uh, Tika, my daughter and I love watching you on fish. Thank you. Uh, I came back and started. Uh, now the Yes Girl team, we all quote uh, J.C. Petty. Yes, we do. <laughs> we shop, and we say people are shopping there with extended credit line. Okay, some people got the max. <laughs> I love that line too. I'm like, yes, Alicia, go. <laughs> 
<laughs> but even the role that you play as a mom, you know, coming from the commune, trying to figure it out and adjusting. And I love the juxtaposition of your sister. Uh, fantastic actress, Christina Anthony. She's yeah, she's fantastic. But I love uh, what you guys are doing there. Um, so I love that you have the level of a character that you portray, but now you have this, we can see all these things. And Ty, thank you so much for sharing your story. I was so touched um, by your story coming to motherhood because you, like you said, like you had given it up. You had, you had closed the door. You were like, it's not happening for me. And then your doctor said, guess what? You're pregnant. Yeah. Which I thought I was entering early menopause. Like that's what I thought they had prepared me for it. So I said, Oh, I know what's happening. Like, I just yeah. don't want to grow a beard right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> let's figure out how to minimize the hot flashes. So, yeah. but I think it's also given me a sense of, um, of gratitude too. Right. Because, um, and, and made this even more important. So I think the busier that we are, the richer your lives are, the more you feel like you have to kind of make of it. And, and, and specifically for me, I'm so passionate about the fertility conversations because, I found it, I mean, recently, you know, you hear Gabrielle Union talking a lot more about her story and there are other folks who've come forward. But at the time, I guess like, was that four years ago, I had nothing. So I was working at a tech company. I was surrounded by white women who were freezing their eggs, doing elective surgeries and, and doing things that they had to do as well, right? They were just so much more informed. I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the information. And even working for a company, I was at Facebook at the time, that was very well resourced and very supportive. When I got into a fertility clinic, no other Black women. And so it was just a lonely space. It's like, why am I here? Why is my body broken? And there's a certain amount of like looking around in, in an experience and seeing yourself reflect it. So you feel a little bit comforted, right? Yeah. People who look like you are going through it with you. Then, I'm not the only one. Right. But I was. But you were <laughs> literally in that place. <laughs> right. And, and that was, that was really, really tough. And I just didn't want anyone to feel the stigma about it if they were failing in it. And I had so many people reach out to me um, who don't even know me that well, who want to connect around it because they just don't have someone to talk them through. I, like you said, you don't know the hormonal levels, you don't know your options, um, and you don't know the range of emotions you'll have. When I had hit like one of my darkest points, I was on a train riding from New York to DC, and my, my friend, my best friend from high school, has five kids. Um, I had fibroid surgery before I ever found out I had um, ovarian reserve issues. And so, um, she had offered before, she said, if you, if for some reason after your surgery, you can't carry, I would carry for you. And I thought, oh, wow. the offer of surrogacy was so like overwhelming to me. It was like, you are my sister for life. And I hope I don't have to take you up on that. Um, but clearly your uterus is strong. <laughs> um, and then, and then so, so fast forward after I found out, you know, where I stood in terms of, you know, having a low egg reserve, low quality and not counting the uterine issues. So I'm on a train and so I couldn't talk. So she called me and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm on the train. Like it's, it's going to break off. So she said, I'll text you. And she texted me and said, hey, I talked to my husband and I understand your issue is not having eggs and we, I'm willing to give you my <gasps> eggs. And I was like, that was my reaction. But then I was wow. like, bitch, you're not going to have a kid with my husband. <laughs> like, I, I was like, look, look, my face was like, oh, but that will be... I had to do the math here. And uh, her, her kid. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you're going for, fine. But <laughs> but no one talks to you about wow, just yeah. at that level. So I want a, a place Shout where we can explore friend, all of us. She's love her. Hey, Shoya. <laughs> 
And I'm so happy, Ty, that you, like, when you talk about it, it does speak to my heart as someone trying to conceive. And, you know, we, you and I have talked about this briefly, but when you talked about that moment where you said you accepted that you could maybe have to do it another way, getting to that point for me was very recent and has been very difficult. And that stigma that you're talking about, like, people would say, like, oh, are you, you know, how's it going? I'm like, oh, it's going great. Knowing that it isn't, but also I had to personally get into that point with myself what if I can't do it the way I always dream? What's the yeah. next dream? Yeah. Oh, you know I love what that. I mean? What's the next dream? What's the next, the dream, next dream, dream when it comes to motherhood? And that's been the hardest part of my journey so far mm-hmm. is getting to that personal acceptance. But what has helped so much, going back to what we've been saying, is just seeing, like you said, Gabrielle Union, listening to your story, all of these women coming out and talking about being there too has just made, that's how you see the next dream. And, and, and real talk, Charlie, it's be, seeing black women talk about it. Just yeah, because exactly. we have the stigma mm-hmm. of over the years that we are just baby making machines yes. and we will, mm-hmm. we're, we're sexualized. Yep. Yes, sexualized. Exactly. All of that. Like, no, because I remember, um, I'll be honest, I didn't have too much of a problem conceiving, but I remember I was 35 and I went to the doctor. I was like, oh my God, I, I can't even have children. And she looked at me, she said, have you tried to have children? And I was like... <laughs> No, <laughs> that's real too. Yeah, but well, no, because you've been told for so long in your thirties, like, oh God, you're you're you know, obviously it's higher risk or whatever. But even yeah. that, like, saying you're higher risk and you better get going and all these things. So of course you go in there like, I'm 35, and she's like, honey, I see all your eggs. Yes. Right. <laughs> there they go, and there they are. Exactly. Well, she said, here's what you do, and then sure enough, I went and did what she did, and then. 10 years, you know, but but I really, I remember going into her office crying saying, Mm. I'm infertile. And she was like, what? What are you talking about? Ma'am? But yeah, but, but by the age of 25, my mother had two kids and my big mama had nine kids. So it was just kind of this thing, like you're not having kids. And it's like, oh God. And now I get the guilt of you're only going to have one. And I'm like, okay. (gasps) Say, How do well, you deal you, with that? Because are you going to pay like, for the rest? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I, I deal with it by um, I saw the phrase "one and done," so mm-hmm. I love to say that. I deal with the fact I think about uh, I don't know what uh, I was smoking because I thought when I would see you know when she was in preschool and it would be the sibling discount. I just thought that meant she was the sibling would go free, not realizing no, it's just like oh oh yeah, it's yes. like five percent. <laughs> No, it's not a lot. It's Charlie, you have to completely pay for a whole other child. Yes. So you're paying two college to you're paying two college tuitions Uh, for 18 for 22 years. The way my bank account is set up, one and done is about to be my motto. There's always financial aid. What? Oh my God. I had no idea. I would think you get 30% off. No, you guys just have the best energy and we are so excited for this project. It's just the launch, the site. Tell everybody where they can go and find everything. So you can find um, the sugar at the sugar pod on Instagram. Uh, You can find sugarberry at sugarberries on Instagram. And then you can find me at Tika. I am no, just Tika Sumter on Instagram. (laughs) And then I am Tika Sumter on Twitter. (laughs) Oh my God. Somebody took my name. You Me know. too, girl. Me too. So I always have to do both. And I'm just like, how did I let this happen? Ty, what's your yeah. social? Forget. Yeah, tell the people. 
Oh, great. I'm at Ty Randolph everywhere. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> everywhere. And ladies, <laughs> ladies, gentlemen, if you aren't following these two women, you should be. I am wowed by all that they are doing. We So much of it we get to see and even the things we don't. Congratulations on adding another thing to your plate Thank and you. crushing it. Thank you, and guys. Thank you for creating a safe space for Black moms. I mean, that's sacred. Be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, yes Girl, Girl, such as our conversations with Rafael Sadiq, Kelly Rowland, Regina King, and Fantasia. You can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and Google Play. And while you're there, be sure to rate us and review us. See you next week. Bye.